Amen. Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Common English Bible, and our reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the one, the lost one, until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Celebrate with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. Or what woman, if she owns ten silver coins and loses one of them, won't light a lamp and sweep the house, searching her home carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Celebrate with me, because I've found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes both heart and life. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, you might notice that for the parable for this week, we stepped backwards from the last two weeks to cover the two parables just ahead of the prodigal son. And you might ask, have we already covered the idea of lost and found? What more is there you could say? But this week, I want to look at something a little different with being lost and found. The last two weeks, we looked at ways we get lost, whether it be wandering away or being stuck in place. But this week, we look at the joy of being found and the joy we have when we find because I don't think that <coughs> that joy is just in heaven. It's about the rejoicing in heaven over one last sinner who comes to be saved by changing heart and life, but it's also about our rejoicing over that salvation, over those who come to discover that love. Not just when we are found, but when others are found. Now, in an odd way, I could relate to the parables for today because of my three-hole punch. Sometimes I like to think of it as my interdimensional three-hole punch because it always seems to be another dimension when I go to find it. Every time I think I've put it in a place that I will most definitely not forget it, and that I will find it because it'll be the first place I think of the next time I go to find it, I have no idea where to look. Now, a quirk you might not know about me, and this is, this is what makes this fun. If 
I know something is there, and it's simply lost. If I know I can find it, I don't stop until I do. Not the healthiest of traits, but there it is. So whenever I have to use my three-hole punch, I begin a journey of trying to find it. And I begin searching everywhere. I look on top of the refrigerator. I look in my office equipment. I look in the papers that I may have used it on before and put into storage. I check my desk. I check my printer. I check the bags that I transport everything in when I'm going to class or going to the office. I turn the house upside down and look everywhere. But when I find it, there's relief. There's satisfaction. There's rejoicing. Because what was lost has been found. Now the reason I give you this story is that I rejoice over finding a three-hole punch. A simple tool needed only on occasion. How much more must the rejoicing be when someone changes their heart and life? Someone who is lost but is found. And we get this picture in our parables today. The familiar story of if someone had a lost sheep, they leave the 99 to go and search for it. And when they find it, they call the friends together to rejoice and to celebrate. Or the woman who has ten silver coins and loses one. She sweeps the house. She looks. She goes on the hunt for the one. Now, there's a few things to note in this. One of them is that both parables mention that it isn't just the only one they had that was lost. That's where they differ from my three-hole punch. I only have one three-hole punch. So when it's not found, I can't say I'll use my other three-hole punch. And knowing me, that one would also be in a very secure, safe location that I can't remember. But it does say something about the message we're being given. The message that we get isn't that it doesn't matter if we still have 99. The one that is lost matters. The one that is found is still precious. Doesn't matter if we have 10 silver coins. The one that is lost is worth finding because it's worth something. It also tells us that when those things are found, it is right and it is good to celebrate. And this comes into play when we start thinking about each other. Now, luckily, none of you is my three-hole punch. Because I would hate to have to take that journey every time I go to find you. But, there is something to be said about the joy of Discovering one who is lost. But not everybody shares in that joy. This does 
come into play with how we get to these parables. Because our scripture today starts with some grumbling and some complaining. The grumbling begins, this entire sequence, as the tax collectors and sinners of all kinds are gathered around Jesus to listen to him teach. The Pharisees and the legal experts are put off by this. Why are they put off? Because these are the unworthy. These are the people that should be shunned. These are the people that have been judged as to not be righteous. They are the lost. Now, the condescension of the Pharisees and the legal experts does create a paradox. And it's this paradox that Jesus addresses. They want to complain about those lost sinners coming to hear what Jesus has to say. That he eats with them and spends time with them. And that he shouldn't be doing that. Now, they want to know, how can Jesus be any better than these low lives that he's hanging out with? If he's willing to sit down and eat with them. If he welcomes them in, then he must be just like them. But the paradox is, how do you reach those people if you're not willing to sit down with them? How do you offer them hope if you refuse to give them the time of day? You want them to change, but want to do nothing to help them change. How do you deliver a message of salvation without ever being willing to give it to those who need to hear it? This is the conundrum. The Pharisees and the legal experts don't see these people as being worthy to sit down and eat with because they have to change in order to be worthy to sit down and eat with. But how can they ever feel like they are worthy of that change if they're never invited in to make the change? if they are never given a chance to even see what it's like. It'd be like yelling, go live a better life, but never explaining how or why. It becomes kind of pointless. So the message that we get is that if you are going to help people, you have to interact with people. That those who are lost are worthy of being found. And that's the overall message that we get in our parables for today. And they carry into the parables that we had over the last two weeks. We could sit and say, I still have 99 sheep. One's gone. I guess that one's gone. But what message does that send? If one sheep isn't worth finding, we lose one sheep, and then we lose one sheep, and then we lose one sheep again and again until there are no sheep. 
If you lose a coin and don't go find it, you can keep losing those coins. You keep losing until there's nothing left. But the picture Jesus presents is another one entirely. Go and find the one that's lost. It's what Christ is up to. Find the lost sinners and celebrate their return. Because it's also about community. Find the one who is lost and make the community whole by inviting them in. Bring them in, rejoice, and let them know how happy you are that they are found. Because our parables today address another big issue we can run into. And that would be making excuses. It's sort of the subtext that we have here. Because as I thought of the idea of the lost and found, something that started to stick out is that sometimes we make excuses about those that are lost. They're lost because they don't listen. They're lost because they don't want to be found. They know better. They keep making bad decisions, and we make excuses for why we don't need to go and look. Why we don't need to try to bring them back into the fold, so to speak. Instead of saying to ourselves, see, this one is lost and needs to be found, we say, see, that one's lost. Shame on them. The problem is, that if we just shrug it off, we never take the time to understand the why, the how. Why someone could get lost. How somebody may have fallen. Why someone has stumbled, and if we're not willing to find out why, we're not willing to show the love needed to make things better. In fact, we often compound the problem by turning a bad choice into a loss of community. Instead of thinking that it's our responsibility to find and help those who are lost to bring them in, to find those who have stumbled and fallen and need help up so they can recover, we say, that's not on me, I'm still found. And we don't do the work necessary to show love. And we start to become lost because of our lack of care, our lack of love, our lack of mercy, and our lack of grace. A lesson we can learn from these parables is the importance of helping others as part of a community and in showing joy over those who change. We can get caught up in the trap of always rewarding the best behavior while never trying to reward those that are making an effort. That we look around and say, we are all here, we are all saved. This is my community. Where the reality is, we need to be looking around and asking, who's missing? Who could be here? How can I bring them in so that they can be made whole so that we can be made whole? Who isn't here that I need to check in on to make sure they know that when they are missing that someone takes notice? Because the joy is for all of us. Maybe it's someone that's never been here, but 
Could be. Maybe it's somebody that's been here, but gone a long time. But the joy is ours. That when one is redeemed, that is our joy. Because as we are in Christ and Christ is in us, when we help others to find that joy, it becomes our joy. When we celebrate Christ and others finding hope and salvation in him, we celebrate it together. Because that's what a Christian community is. Not just a community of believers, but a community of hope for all. Not just a community that loves each other, but a community that loves all who could be part of it. Not just a closed community in which those who are here are the ones who belong and those who are not don't matter, but a community that says we want all to be involved because we know that all people matter. And then we take the extra step of noting the individual and how they matter. We note the hardships and the struggles. We see our own failings and the failings of others and therefore sympathize. We recognize the hardships and we have empathy for those who are struggling. And instead of passing judgment and condemning, we share hope and love. We extend mercy and grace because we are reminded of the mercy and the grace and the love that have been extended to us in Christ. And we discover joy. Joy in each person who finds hope, who finds meaning. Each person who finds the love and salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Though with each who is lost, being found is a cause for all to celebrate. So let us make that celebration in our Lord, and let us make the effort. We go into the world not to judge it, but to give it hope. Not to shun it, but to show it love. Not to exclude, but to include. That we may help others be whole in Christ and become whole ourselves as a community. When we celebrate what was lost being found, when we celebrate those who have stumbled and helped them back up, then we may live and love the joy that Christ has in each of us and in all that is lost and found. Amen.